welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm your host, Ashley O, and with me, as always, is Allegra Frank. Hello. Chelsea Stark. Hi. And Simone is on vacation. Yay. Yay. I have scared my co-hosts into submission. (laughs) So... Today on the show, we're going to be talking about fighting games and esports live events. But before we jump in, Chelsea, please tell us about our upcoming live shows. Yes, I will tell you, Ashley, my favorite person, about our upcoming live shows. This weekend, we're going to be at Play NYC, which is a a basically a New York City focused gaming conference. It's going to have over 140 playable games by indie developers. It's going to have live panels. It's all Saturday and Sunday at the Hammerstein Ballroom. If you want to see us, the lovely ladies of the Polygon Show, we are going to be doing two 30 minute spots, one at 1.35 and three, both on Saturday. And you can buy tickets on play-nyc.com. And then there's more. Uh, right, we're going to go to FlameCon, which is the nation's largest queer Comic Con, and that's in I think it's the Sheraton near Times Square, and we are going to do a panel at twelve thirty on Saturday, Saturday the eighteenth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did yeah. it. You guys better be there. You better be there, or you'll miss the greatest event of all time, the greatest show on earth. Can I still buy FlameCon tickets? I. Don't Yes, <laughs> you can. You can. Just Google flamecontickets.orgbiz. Yeah, I, I did I did check a week ago and tickets were still available. I think they are still available. Mm-hmm. You can get uh one day passes or all weekend passes. Oh yes. And they, yeah. they even have like a party Friday night. What? Wait, yeah. what? I wasn't invited. What? what? Flamecon? Yeah, Flamecon has a party, an opening party. What the hell? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> We were not invited. Um, Anyway, well, Chelsea last week was on vacation. It was so good. And she went to the lovely city of San Francisco where she hung out with her friends and watched Evo. Yes. Please tell us about Evo. Evo, if you didn't know, is the biggest fighting games tournament in the world. And it's every year it's in Las Vegas, but I didn't want to go to Vegas because it's hot and stinky and expensive. Um, And so a a bunch of friends and I always like watching it. So we decided to watch it together, have a full weekend of nerdy stuff, playing board games, eating snacks, good, good shit like that. Mm, Uh, Snacks are definitely nerdy. Well, (laughs) I'm sorry. There may have been some Totino's pizza rolls. Okay. Yes. Not sponsored. Um, but so we uh, I it's really fun to watch this because there's at least eight different main game fighting games. There's like all different kind of variety of stuff. You get to watch like crazy like anime fighting games like Blaze Blue Tag Battle, which has like characters from Persona and it has characters from a bunch of different animes in it. Hmm. And it's like very over the top. And you're just you see a character you're like, I don't even well, how do they move? Um, oh, wow. So that's really fun. They do they even have side events, too. They actually have competitive Catherine. So you can oh, cool. um, watch all of this. They had eight different streams like that you could kind of bounce between, and that was really fun. So my, I mean, my highlight of all this was watching the Dragon Ball Fighters finals, which was the probably just like I don't know that game. Even if you don't understand fighting games, even if you don't really understand much about Dragon Ball, mm. it is so fun to watch because everything is fluid and it's kind of like 
this it looks like an anime. It looks like a two D animated thing. Characters like jump in on each other. Shit just goes like really crazy. Like a character will come in and help and like shoot off like wow. tons of laser beams. It looks like it's really fun. Um, there's kind of been a building rivalry between Japanese players and American players, mm. and that was like really. Uh, at play during the bracket because there were five Japanese players and three Americans. Mm. And it was like really intense, really heated. Um, the American player that has been part of this big rivalry is his name is Sonic Vox. He is like 20, I think. Mm -hmm. Really young. He's been doing really well in other games, like other anime games and other games like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom and Injustice. And he just like ta has taken a Dragon Ball, done extremely well. The reason that he is like so also iconic is he is like super super out furry, um, and he wears he just and finally got his full fursuit commissioned and he like wears it on stage. He'll take the head off oh. to play. Well, yeah, yeah, seems like a little sweaty, but um, like he is totally proud of being gay and a furry. He like actually so the the whole thing was a final match between him and his Japanese rival, a guy named Goichi. They've been fighting each other several times all year oh and goichi has usually won hmm. and this is like sonic fox played really strong he kicked his ass uh essentially he fought goichi sent him down in the loser's bracket who then crawled back up and fought him again for grand finals whoa and it was crazy the best part about the game is the crowd gets so hyped like when certain characters do certain things like Allegra, you love Yamcha, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> My fellow loser. Your fellow loser. But every time Yamcha has that move from the original Dragon Ball Wolfing Fist. Mm -hmm. So every time he does it, the crowd howls. Like <laughs> he gets on like it and and when the character Cell like powers up, they all like yell, ooh, and it's like you can hear them even if you're on stream. Was it um so were those matches like in a fighting like like they a, were in a the stadium? Mandalay Bay arena. Ooh. Yeah, in in Las Vegas. That's nice. It was look. It looked really fancy and mm -hmm. very full and very crowded. Like you could see shots of the crowd, and you were just like, "Oh my god, that's so hype!" But also, this was the biggest, one of the biggest esport streams ever. They had two hundred fifty thousand people watching a Twitch. Wow. Yeah, it was huge. It was the best Evo ever for in terms of matches. It was just like really intense. Mm -hmm. Sonic Fox, like barely pulled it out but he won and it was mm -hmm. amazing and it was amazing to see and then like basically he put his he pulled his fur uh like his uh, bleh, what is the word hat head? Hood. helmet hood head hood head, hood. head. Mask. I, I just blanked i'm so sorry he, pull, he pulled head. his head he pulled his fox he's fox a head. blue fox he pulled his head on afterwards they had to hang his little metal winning metal around his snout <gasps> wow on his snout? That's so cute. It yeah, it was so cute. But also just like he immediately tweeted right afterwards. He's like, I'm gay. I'm also the best Dragon Ball Z player in the world. Like, That's awesome. Just like fucking owning it, knowing kind of what his shit meant. And then I was also been owning people on Twitter for the next few days since, <laughs> which I appreciate. Uh, but it's just like he's an incredible player. And to see his talent really recognized is so mm -hmm. cool. And I'm just like, this is it's nice. And also... Yeah, fucking America. How long um, has he been competing in the? I think space he for? started getting really big a couple years ago because uh -huh. he won like Mortal Kombat X finals. He's won a bunch of other things, but yeah, this is like the first game that it, because Dragon Ball Z was actually the most Dragon Ball Fighters was that had the most registrants at Evo. It beat out mm. Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Dragon Ball 
uh, fi- is it fighters? Fighters. Or it's fighters. 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 Do you think that uh, the presence of that has increased and like has you know participated in why this year's Evo was the biggest? I if I mean I felt like people were tuning in for that finals because mm. it was like a big contest. It's a fun thing to watch. I saw a lot of people like talking about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was trending. Both like Sonic Fox was trending. Dragon Ball was tr- trending. It was like really crazy. I feel like to your point of like how it looks like an anime, like a playable anime. Yeah. That's just so appealing for people who are just into anime. Like if you're into Dragon Ball Z, the show, and maybe haven't played the game or don't really play games, like that's still such a cool thing to watch. Yeah. Um, Like I watched that final too, like for two, three hours or something. You did? That's amazing. Yeah. Which like, I don't really usually do that. I usually watch like Smash Brothers or something, but for Dragon Ball, it's just like, okay, this feels like watching like episodes of the show mm-hmm. and seeing them do like the cool super moves and stuff or like seeing Yamcha or Shenron show mm. up. Oh my God. It's so fun. Yeah. Actually that what, that's what one of the things that made it really crazy. I mean like the main concept behind Dragon Ball is that you collect seven Dragon Balls, you summon a dragon and make, you make a wish. That, there's a mechanic in the game that's really kind of hard to pull off but if you get enough combos you can summon the dragon and ask for one of your because it's a tag game you have three on three characters you can ask for a character back you can ask for your wow your life meter so Goichi against two different players or against Sonic Fox pulled that off twice and he still lost but you can't wish for like insta death on no. your opponent <laughs> no <laughs> there are a lot that of good memes so cool. kill this man yeah. dragon <laughs> I mean he could but there were a lot of good memes this weekend that were like I want you to kill, like, Dragon, I want you to kill him. And the dragon was like, that is beyond my power, which was a thing he would say in the cartoons. It was oh. like, yes, the, the like, Twitter storm of Dragon Ball content plus, like, nerdy other content was just really good. It's good Twitter. Yeah. Do you think that the, uh, you know how there's that upcoming uh, fighting game that features Shonen Jump characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like Naruto. Oh, Jump. Jump Force. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that would make an appearance next year at Evo? Do you think that it would be like a, yeah. as big of as, I don't know if close to as big of a hit? I don't know if it'll be, I didn't also, I haven't played it. Allegra did. Yeah, but, I played it at E3. It's really fun. Uh-huh. But the thing is about that game versus the Dragon Ball game, like the Dragon Ball game, Dragon Ball Fighters, looks so much like the anime. Like, uh-huh. as a fan of the anime, I'm like, yo, I just want to play that just so I can like see my hottie boy Trunks, because I have a huge crush on Trunks. Trunks! He's I so love good. Trunks and his lavender hair. Yeah. He has his lavender hair. <laughs> He's so beautiful. He's so good. Oh, I love him. His yeah. super moves look cool because he's doing the whole like crazy hand gesture yeah. thing. I can't believe like, his dad is Vegeta. I know. I love Lord Trunks so much. Could you imagine having Vegeta as your dad? Vegeta chilled the heck out though. Did he? Yeah. Not he's just like a of. freaking dad. He like wears sunglasses and drinks like coffee all the time. And he's like, son, I'm reading the paper. <laughs> I don't think I watched far enough in Dragon Ball to see like dad Vegeta. Yeah. But um, (laughs) so yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters is really fun to watch as an anime fan. But as an anime and manga fan, Jump Force does not look anything like those series by design. Like it's trying to be like, oh, Goku and Luffy and Naruto and all those other crap holes like are in. (laughs) 
<laughs> All these other crap holes oh. are in the real world. And it's like, bitch, I don't read manga because I want to be in the real world. I read it because I want to be out. Out. So it's like, no one wants that. And the design is very weird. It is fun to play, though. So maybe Naruto is in Times Square. Yeah. That's weird. It's, it's weird. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. But there are, I mean, like, if anything, there are Evo side tournaments that I mentioned. I actually watched, like, 30 minutes of an arms tournament, which was pretty cool. Oh? Yeah. That was, like, not an official event, but they still had prizes, and it was, oh. like, a smaller group. So, cool. yeah, I don't, I, it was cool to see there's, like, so many different kinds of competitions, and people kind of take fighting to all different levels. It was, it was like, kind of a, a, like, nice celebration of, oh, video games are really fun. The people who play them, sometimes, yeah, they're shitty, but sometimes they, like, really support each other and are mm-hmm. really awesome. So, I don't know, it was nice. Yeah. That's good. Um, Allegra, did you watch any of the Super Smash Brothers events? So usually I try to, like, because that's my thing, like Melee or Smash 4 or whatever, anything. But I didn't get to this year. Mm. However, I caught up with it on Monday. I was going through, like, the Reddits. And there's one thing I liked but was very controversial in the community that I'll actually mention. So uh, Smash 4 is not as popular as Melee, just because, like, Melee is the stalwart. Um, and one of the reasons is because everyone hates Bayonetta because she is super OP and super broken and like super hard to beat, which I recently discovered when playing Smash Ultimate with Simone de Rochefort, who kept picking Bayonetta, <laughs> Simone. She and was like, we all, oh, gun feet. Here we go. Literally, oh, yeah. that was the only character she could even kill anyone with. So. Look, she is a sexy gun witch. Yeah. She is a sexy gun witch and she is very strong. Mm-hmm. So um, in the finals for Smash 4, these two guys who were like really good friends, like they've been playing the game together for years, like they really get along. They're also both really good. So they were competing and they kind of were like not taking it super seriously because they're both Bayonetta mains. So people were like, this sucks. Bayonetta always wins. This isn't fun to watch. So they were kind of like, screw you guys. Like you guys keep jeering at us and heckling us so they just were like yo we're best friends let's just like have fun with this so they were both Bayonetta and like sometimes they just would taunt for two minutes instead of fighting (laughs) and they would just kind of like dance around the stage and I thought that was kind of cute but everyone else was like this is terrible and we're so mad oh really that's really fun. It is fun, but I mean, like, if imagine if people did that in the Overwatch Grand Finals or something where it was like, oh, well, tracers are just running around in circles. <laughs> That'd be funny. See, I would be mad at that, but if it were two enemy tracers just repeatedly going, hi, to each other over and over, I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I, they didn't end up winning the whole thing. I think they were in the loser's bracket because the guy who ended up winning was the Swedish dude, Leffen. And- well, that, that was Melee. Oh, that's Melee. Never mind, that's Melee. So I think actually in Smash 4, they must have been in the Grand They were in the Grand Finals, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Leffen was the cool thing for Melee, where he is like this big deal Swedish player. He wasn't at Evo since 2016, I think. Yeah, he continuously has visa issues, actually, so he has a hard time getting in the country. So him winning. He also tweeted in 2016, I'm going to take Evo for Smash. Yeah, and And then he couldn't come 2017 because he had visa issues, but he got to come back this year and he won, and it was nice because he actually donated a bunch of his prize money to fifth and seventh place, like the people who came in those places. Yeah. Really? Because he thought the he basically thought that the pools, the way that the money was distributed was unfair and the people like at the bottom tiers, but they're still top eight, don't get that much money. They get like two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, which geez. That's very good of him though. Yeah. yeah. So he's like a really sweet dude, which goes back to your point, Chelsea, of like a lot of these guys are actually really 
nice, socially conscious people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like fighting games are a lot more inviting to, you know, diverse people than others. hundred percent. Like the fighting game scene, there definitely are not enough women there yet, but I think that there are like a lot more, there are still a lot more people of color, like almost the, a bunch of people like placed very highly, like in a bunch of the top eights, like huge person of color representation this year, which is awesome. But like, it's just a very diverse group. There are awesome uh, female fighting game groups called the Combo Queens, which I think is rad. Like, mm-hmm. it's like a very much like encouraging and welcoming, and especially because I think pe- like people recognize that you know lots of people come at this from different ways, and you can always learn to get better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Were there any uh, Super Smash Brothers brawl people, or are we mainly meet? interested in melee i think they only have melee and smash 4 at this mm-hmm. point i see i'm yeah. sure that there's a side tournament as well for brawl. yeah i'm sure yeah yeah because i know people are very gung-ho about melee and brawl equally i think at least so it's interesting <laughs> because nintendo doesn't really recognize that melee is still there like that's just the old school fan favorite because yeah. you can't play it on HD TVs. It's only on CRTVs mm-hmm. um, because you can play it on a GameCube or a Wii, and neither of those support HDMI. Um, so Nintendo's like, play Smash 4, everybody. And everyone's like, nah. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to. So Melee is still like the big guy. But now that Smash Ultimate's going to come out, I'm sure that could replace Smash 4 next year. But I think Melee's always going to be in it. Yeah, I think so aren't. too. I, I think. The, the Melee players I've spoken to seem to be like, hey, like Nintendo, just leave us alone with this thing almost. Like, we are going to continue to support ourselves. Like, we don't care about patches. We just want to continue mm-hmm. to play and have this as our thing because they've done so much, like, you know, modifying how you play. Like, that, it's like they, there's a whole different, like, language of movement in that game that wasn't necessarily designed for. And it's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I feel like there's um, always a hardcore group of players in, you know, not just that, but like even in, say, like World of Warcraft, where people have specific, um, they just favor different type of servers and uh, different types of just like the way things were before. And they're like, we don't care about the patches. We just want to play the original. And it like kind of splinters off from what the main game is but at the current the good thing is that Blizzard was like, okay, we see you guys finally. Yeah. And they were going to like, okay, we'll make vanilla servers. For sure. But that took a while. It took a, I mean, it, it took a long time. And I'm like, if Blizzard can do this, maybe Nintendo oh, can for sure. do something. Like, they should at least sponsor tournaments, I think. I hope so. <laughs> well, we still have a lot to talk about, including the Overwatch League finals that we didn't get to talk about oh, last week. Yeah. Um, but first, we are going to have a message from our sponsors. Hey everyone! You know what the truth is? Then most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. How is it wrong? Maybe it's not for long enough. Maybe we get to forget to uh, change our brush on time. But that's because most brands focus on flashy gimmicks rather than good brushing, but not quip. What makes Quip so different as a toothbrush? Let me tell you, as someone who is trying electric toothbrushes for the first time, it is a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. Bigger brushes in your mouth that you don't want. 
but it packs just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Why? It has a built-in timer. Why? It helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. So if you're like me and you decide to turn on your quip and start brushing while watching reruns of a bad, bad, bad show you don't want to tell anyone about before going to work. Tell us. Guess what? Tell no, us. This is not the time nor the place, but maybe <laughs> Twitter.com. So what will happen is you don't even have to think. You just wait for the guiding pulses to just kind of vibrate. And you're like, all right, got to switch sides. That's great because I hate thinking. Next. Guess what? They have subscription plans. Quip is not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. This is Wonderful because I always forget to uh, throw out my toothbrushes and I keep them for way too long. You like those bristles that are just pointing the opposite direction. Pointing the opposite direction, not doing shit to clean your teeth. Now, Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and then sticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. If you want a test tube with a toothbrush, with your DNA, you will use Quip. And guess what? Everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-list. That's right. Oprah. You know who Oprah is. She's done a lot of things, including bees. Named one of Time's best inventions. Not Oprah, the Quip. It is... Quip is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. And guess what? They're backed by a network. A secret of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists. Hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day, including me, which I just used this morning. If you want to be like me and brush your teeth without thinking about anything, it just starts at $25. If you go to getquip.com slash polygon now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush that is your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash polygon g-e-t-q-i-p dot com slash polygon say it with me get a discount that's are we saying get no you know what our users can because now we've just used up all the time thank you thank you so much for joining me on this quip journey thank you very much now back to our show Hi, this is Todd Vanderwerf, the host of Vox.com's pop culture podcast, I Think You're Interesting. I'm the I in I Think You're Interesting. And every week I talk to fascinating people from the world of TV, movies, and entertainment. Have you ever wondered what it's like to write a joke for the president? Number one topic we would not joke about was national security. One of the things about writing jokes for a president is if you have the joke, and then, and it's totally in good taste, but then a week later something happens. There's a tragedy, there's a shooting, there's a, a terrorist attack. The joke can become retroactively in bad taste. We didn't want anything to end up in a campaign ad. Or what goes into creating the costumes for a blockbuster movie like Black Panther. 
We brought in the uh, head cutter from the Boston Ballet into Atlanta to give us a new suit for the stunt guys that's cut with these special gusset shapes yeah. so that they could perform, you know, like the ballet. You can find so much more information about the show at vox.com slash I think you're interesting hyphens between the I, the think, the year, and the interesting. And you can catch new episodes of I Think You're Interesting every Thursday by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley. Yes. You watched esports in person. Oh, I Unlike did. me, who was lazy and watched them on a couch. No, but that's great. That it, is great. However, this was the first Overwatch League finals. I didn't get to talk about last week because of Backlog Week. If you didn't listen to that very special episode, you should listen to it now. You're talking to Overwatch's director oh instead. Oh my god. So in our Backlog Week episode, I had addressed how the crowd was chanting Jeff for Jeff Kaplan when he appeared at Barclays Center during the Overwatch League finals. He was very embarrassed, as any normal human being should be. However, this event was the first esports event I've ever gone to. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. I do have to say that this now replaces PAX as my favorite time of the year. Hmm. Um, so this was the first annual Overwatch League finals. The first season of Overwatch League was very long. If any of you kept up, it was like seven months long. But anyway, it was... Is that normal for sports? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I feel like football goes on for years. Yeah, that's Every true. Season's like Every Super Bowl years. is We're six also years apart. <laughs> asking the, the two <laughs> worst people for <laughs> <Yeah>. sports... <laughs> Our usual sports. It's like football is 15 months. (laughs) Football. Uh, Baseball is 18 months. And hockey is two weeks. Two weeks. That sounds right. That sounds right to me. Mm Basketball is also three hours because Mm -hmm. I don't really care about basketball. No, I'm just kidding. I like it. Everything's fine. They hand the trophy to LeBron. Um, It's over. Topical. (laughs) You knew a sport. Continue, please. Man, we he will lost. not talk about LeBron on this podcast. That is for SBNation.com slash ringer slash SBNation slash MMA fighting. <laughs> this is Overwatch League time. Now, this was my first time going. Barclays Center in Brooklyn is absolutely huge. It is comparable to Madison Square Garden. It's a big arena type thing. I've been there once or twice for basketball games. Hey. hey I didn't want to go there by my will, but I did, and it was good. It's huge. Um, it was totally sold out. Um, so the the finals were Friday and Saturday. Both days were totally sold out. And like, I think it was t- it was totally a different experience going there to this to- like packed arena and having all like thousands of these people interested in the same thing I was, which I know sounds lame, but when you actually get into a venue and you see this many people and it's that hard to walk around and all of them have like Overwatch League jerseys or they're cosplaying, it's surreal. It's very nice. There was one guy I saw, so I was walking behind him as I was frantically trying to get to the press area and he had this weird kind of like mech ball on his head and I was like, what What? is this dude? And then I looked up and it was Hammond. (gasps) So he he recreated the Hammond wrecking ball 
He did that in and a then, short amount of time. And then <laughs> um, on top of it was like a little hamster beanie baby popping oh, out of it. And it was so good. So um, half of the greatest things I think about being in the esports arena, as I have now dubbed it, Barclay Center is now the esports <laughs> arena. Um, <laughs> I get there and like aside from just, you know, it feeling electrifying of like, you, you're all cheering for like the same moves, the same alts, the same things. Um, that was totally nuts to like have me scream kind of like by reflex and everybody else like standing up and screaming. But highlights were the fan signs, which there was a station. You could make your own fan signs. They had a oh, station? Yeah. So I didn't make my own. I wish I did. But What there would were... your fan sign have said? Oh, oh. Not appropriate. What? However, <laughs> wait, wait. Well, so you were it would have been appropriate that, for you to be holding it up and be photographed. Oh well, that's why I don't make it. Ah, ah. But uh, I did. I did see that. Uh, so I think I remember two of my favorite signs. One was one of the you know finalists was the Philadelphia Fusion, and as we all know, like Overwatch League esports blowing up, getting mm -hmm. great sponsors. This one dude held up a sign that said Comcast owns Fusion. And I was like, yes, this man reporting on the facts. Good for you, sir. I saw that guy. I saw another wonderful Tracer cosplayer and she's my favorite, favorite, favorite Overwatch League caster, Zoe, who is my favorite human being and she's very pretty and I have a huge crush on her and she's really cool and Aww. she's really talented and she's wonderful. Anyway, she held up this sign and it said like, Zoe, be my Emily. And I was like, oh, Aww. true love. Cute. But it was fantastic. I don't think I've ever been in an environment that was like so charged with energy, like even before the game started as you were like sitting down, everyone was like super excited. I still just have trouble like visualizing that. So is it basically just like the two teams are sitting in front of computers or whatever, and then there's yeah. a screen showing what's going on? on yeah, each side? The, the setup was really impressive. And I think like seeing the Overwatch League finals set up, you know, in LA and then here, um, that was really great. Cause uh, what it looked like was on the stage you have on the left hand, like, a row of computer six on the right, similar row. And then like you have a huge screen above in the center, you know, showing the games. But what was fantastic was on each side where the teams were, um, based on where each person was sitting, they showed you like side by side, like it's this character, this player is playing this character, mm -hmm. and then they showed their ultimate charge oh, on all of them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you could keep track of both teams' like lineups, their alt charges. It was amazing. And um, did wow. people start screaming for people to pop their alts? You know, there was a lot of screaming. So <laughs> it just sounded like a lot of screaming overall. There was so much screaming. I think like by the end of the first day, my throat was very sore because I had just yelled. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to say that that live esports event, especially of a game that I play pretty much every day, was pretty weird because here I am, a 30-year-old professional lady, woman, Okay, mm -hmm. and then I'm in the I'm in the venue, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna write some good scene coverage. All right, I'm gonna take my seat. Guess what? Someone walks in, and I scream, "Oh my God, it's Jake!" 
Jake is a like a 22 year old boy and there are some others that are like 20, 21, 19 I'm like oh my god and I was like freaking out and it was terrible it's not terrible I was so you were tweeting about your reactions to players and I was like kind of so excited to see that because like for me I freak out over FGC players all the time and I'm like oh shit but yeah, like so that's that's just like an amazing thing. Like it is, but is it amazing that a thirty year old woman is like fangirling over a twenty year old boy? I don't think so. <laughs> no. I think that's weird as hell. You're but not, he is very good. You're not fan I mean, you're fangirling over the f- skill. Okay, remember Ashley, we did the math. As long as it's half your age plus seven. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> this is not for the podcast. Not for the show. That's Nobody is too. a cradle robber.com. So that was really interesting. I think like the players are still sort of getting used to it. So at the press conferences, I thought were really interesting because um, this was kind of unfortunate, but they would make the losing team have a press conference on both days. Aww. So it was pretty rough. Um, but it was a good opportunity, I think, for me to really look at players that I've never really looked at or cared about before um and just i think like there's like a sense of like community among the audience that i haven't seen for a while or at least maybe that's just me not going to a lot of live events um that you know everyone kind of like looks out for each other and is like super cool to each other and everyone makes like small talk and it was really nice i think like the energy of being there at the esports arena is really just it's like something you can't replicate but i highly recommend i see yeah do you feel like was like did they have people casting in the arena could like was there announcing or oh yeah there were uh the casters up on they were like on the upper level and everyone went totally nuts i thought they did a fantastic job of like highlighting the fans that were there the casters and then they were talking to um other overwatch league members um like i know that there were some others that like didn't make it to the playoffs but you know they interviewed them and they talked about like hey what are your impressions of like this team during halftime and all of that was like really really intense and i just Still can't get over the fact that I was like walking around like, oh my God, it's him. He's over there. Look at this small boy. Give him a hamburger. He's so small. He's so tiny. I love this. Oh, they were so cute. Aww. And they were so good. And so supportive of each other. <laughs> they were just all so good. I really, no, this makes me want to go. Like I have keep wanting to go to Evo in Las Vegas, despite my hatred of Vegas. Uh, or just not just a strong dislike, mm. uh, but and I, I like the the final day is all in that arena, like I told you. But the first two days are all like kind of scattered around, and they're just on the floor with big monitors, mm-hmm. and so you can't really like it's way easier to watch stuff on streams than mm. it is in person. But like at the same time, I really want to feel that energy, yeah, and also see people in person. It seems like the community part is like probably the most fun like what you were saying about yeah. seeing all these other people who are super super into overwatch and i feel like no one's gonna go to an esports event that isn't 
like 100% into the game versus mm-hmm. like you'll go to a concert and sometimes you'll be sitting behind someone who's like on their phone the whole time. Yeah. Or like at a basketball game and it's like the person doesn't want to be there. But I highly doubt anyone was really dragged to the Overwatch. Finals. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the best part, which I've never seen on, you know, because usually I'll watch Overwatch League games on Twitch, you know, mm-hmm. so I'll stream them. But, um, you know, when if you're in the arena, so in between those, like, you know, kind of commercial break things, they'll, like, pan over to different members of the audience. And, oh, wow. None of that went on Twitch. And it was so good. It was so good. I don't know. It sounds know. like Overwatch League kiss cam or something. Like yeah, that. it kind uh, yeah. of was because I, I was sitting there Sorry. and it was, like, a downtime. And we're like, all right, well, maybe I'll get some fries. Maybe I'll go to the bathroom. And then I turn my head and, like... 20 rows away there there was a guy wearing a weird dog mask doing a dance (laughs) and it hypnotized me so much that I forgot to go to the bathroom and could not and then they were like oh halftime's over and I was like thank you dog man I've watched you dance for about five minutes and now I can't go to the bathroom was he he a sanctioned dog man an official dog man I don't in the audience he's just going I got a I got a video of it and uh, you know there are also other um sort of like sporting event things that are like typical that I didn't think that I would ever get kind of excited for like an example was during halftime and everyone's like kind of relaxing Barclays is huge and there this section um on the I guess like if you're facing the stage like the top left they were insistent that they do the wave no. and eventually it went around the entire fucking stadium and then down to the floor and then back again it did like five so did rounds you, did you participate yeah in did the you wave? do the wave well at first no but then i did and i screamed hell yeah but then i was recording it and i was like wait this doesn't work and then i deleted <laughs> the video but i tried yes it was very good and i felt like i was part of something oh i was part of history and they were like, hey, Ashley, do you want to buy these beautiful London Spitfire Grand Finals winners jackets? And I was like, oh, those look nice. And they're like, ah, JK, it's $300. And I was ah. like, no. Oh. No. But before that, I do have to say this was another thing that was shocking to me. There was a New York Excelsior pop-up shop that happened before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And so it was close to the stadium. They're not part of the finals. But so I went there on Friday, the first day that they had it. And the line was just so, so long. And, like, I think to see that many dedicated fans, and this was, like, hours and hours after they announced, like, you know, they were open. And, like, it was raining. Like, there was a thunderstorm coming. It was, like, pouring that day. Yeah, Yeah, it was, like, on And, like, everybody was still waiting. Everybody just wanted the gear. They wanted to meet the team. And, like, I just thought, like, kind of the diehard attitude was just palpable and very respectable Mm -hmm. i did not wait because i started getting wet and i was like nah i'm gonna go inside (laughs) but props to everybody else that's awesome it was wonderful it was a good good time yeah now it's time for some great great emails first email for mike Hey ladies, love the show. I listened to a recent episode and had to go back and listen to them all, and I'm currently on episode 25. Can't get enough of Necromancer. Yeah. Overwatch. Yeah. (laughs) And things cute enough to make you cry. Yeah. Keep up the good work. And I have to know, what non-zombie game, video game character would you choose to fight alongside with in the zombie apocalypse? Hmm. Like... 
Oh, okay. I have one. Yes. I'm so obvious. <laughs> I'm going to go with my boy Solid Snake. Oh, oh wow. Big butt version. The Not big... the tiny butt Is version. Black Scientist version? <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a zombie mask for Naked Snake in Metal Gear Solid 3, but I'm going to go with Black Scientist. He's my boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I thought you were going to go with Sonic for some reason. Why I would I fight with Sonic? I'm going to be too busy making out with him. Hey. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm very proud of you embracing yourself. I feel like I would go with the, the, the original like Left for Dead people because they were amazing and awesome and they're good it's cheap it's cheap whoa fine fine yes fine i'll just <laughs> no, have to say smart. waluigi and pander to the fans i knew someone was gonna say waluigi Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> um i think i would choose the main character from doom because doom guy that dude seems to have no problem killing Demons. You know how his name is Doom Guy? Why isn't it Doom Dude? Doom Dude? Doom Dude. Hmm. I don't know. Why didn't you email Bethesda.com? <laughs> Bethesda.com slash question slash statement. Slash <laughs> <laughs> <a> statement. <laughs> anyway, we have time for one more email after Bethesda.com slash <laughs> statement. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, Polygon Show. Which games from your childhood do you think establish your personal taste in games? For me, I played games like Pokemon, Harvest Moon, and The Sims, so any new games that feature raising creatures, farming, or base building slash decorating are games that I will automatically like. How about you? Thanks, Owen. <laughs> Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Thanks Owen. Owen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think actually my, I didn't really realize that I would, be into watching fighting games as much but in my freshman year of college I got a PlayStation 2 because I'm old and I only bought two games which is Gran Turismo 2 and Tekken Tag Tournament and so that was what kind of spawned my love of playing fighting games and so still play racing games no like car games no Car games. Car I, games. I split it. I split the console with my ex boyfriend, and there. Are, I don't think there were a ton of games that oh. we bought. And he, he and his roommate would like just basically drive the infinite tracks to earn car money. I don't know. Car, car money. money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotta get those cars. Oh. Insert car name. <laughs> I'm definitely on Owen's page, um, but I was just as influenced of like by reading about games as much as playing them. So like obviously Pokemon Harvest Moon. Super Smash Brothers was really important for me and like Kingdom Hearts and stuff, but I would just read Nintendo Power all the time. Mm -hmm. So even though I didn't really play Zelda, like that was super influential. Like this is the art style and aesthetic I like. Oh, Kirby was also really big, mm. but like a lot of that was just like reading about them in Nintendo Power and just seeing like, oh yeah, I really love this Nintendo aesthetic. Oh, this Final Fantasy games on GBA. I love that aesthetic. Um, and then I would go try those games, hopefully. So like a lot of, Nintendo Japanese looking things or Japanese made things um, that I would just discover on the internet and reading in magazines and that sort of thing were hugely influential. And now I'm a weeb. Now you're a weeb. Who loves animals. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful segment, Weeb Allegra. Weeb Allegra. Um, I guess, I don't know, for me... 
it's so split. I mean, I keep thinking of, oh, geez, like how artistic like Chrono Cross was, right? With the colors and the design and everything like that. And even though I know everybody hates FF8, but there was a very kind of like deliberate uh, sense of design there that seemed neither futuristic nor current. It sat kind of in the middle. Um, and the fact that there was this like, it was high tech, but magic still existed. Mm. Um, and it's really weird because, you know, I'm playing like, other FF games and like there's just none for me personally that like strike this very specific balance that Final Fantasy VIII does like 10, 13, 12 it's like it's sort of like Machina related but then Mm. there's this religious aspect I don't know Hmm. but in Final Fantasy VIII it's just I think like it is so um, plausible to me of a world that we could live in or that is parallel. Mm -hmm. So it's just rooted in reality enough to make me very interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like those. I don't really know if that answers your question. I guess it doesn't. (laughs) But it is part of my aesthetic. I guess it doesn't, Owen. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry, Owen. Thank you so much for sending your emails. And please, 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 if you have any email questions you would like to ask us, we may read them on the show. Please send them to polygonshow at polygon.com. Do not miss us at Play NYC or FlameCon if you are in the New York City area in the next two weeks. Oh, should we tell them we're doing another theme? Yes, we will. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so uh, next week, I think we want to talk a bit about um, your experiences with MMOs, World of Warcraft even. If any of you have questions, stories, anecdotes about the following, please send them to Polygon Show at polygon.com where we will read them. We will talk about them. That's what's going to go on next week. Yeah, because it's the it's the battle for Azeroth expansion. Hell so. yeah. And also, yeah, we can talk about any online games. It doesn't have to be World of Warcraft. Yes. MMOs in general. Tell me about your City of Heroes and Villains fanfic. I want it. Oh, Deep Dark Secret. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Polygon Show. Hi, Polygon listeners. This is Amanda Clue, Eater's Editor-in-Chief, and I want to tell you about a new show that we just launched on PBS with Chef Marcus Samuelson. Every Tuesday, Marcus explores the food and culture of a different immigrant community across the United States, like the Arab-American community and their cuisine in Dearborn, Michigan, Vietnamese food in New Orleans, Haitian food in Miami, and the list goes on and on. I really like the show because I'm learning about new cultures and traditions and foods that I didn't know about. I definitely didn't know they were in the United States. And I hope that you can add these neighborhoods and cities to your travel bucket list. So check out the show every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on eater.com slash no passport required or on PBS.